The scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can that be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe me. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, open our eyes uh, to see your word this morning and to see you in your word this morning. Help us understand Jesus' words now. Help us to not just understand them, but to be changed by them. For your glory, we pray. Amen. Now, I'm going to have a short sermon this morning because I want to make room for two other Small sermons, really. That's what they are when we have baptism and communion. They are the word enacted. These two other little things we're going to see. First, we're going to witness the smallest pool party you've ever seen. The pool is reasonably sized, but the guest list is very small. Just one person. Just Rihanna swimming by herself in our little ice bath that we have out the front there. But then after the little pool party, we're going to have the tiniest little meal you've ever seen. Bread so small that you'll inhale and you'll wonder where it went. Drinking out of the tiniest little glasses you've ever seen. It's a tiny feast of celebration. But the thing about these two tiny signs, the solo swim and the miniature meal, is that they make really big claims. When we eat and drink that tiny meal, we are together making a statement, making a claim that every single wrong thing that we've ever done has been completely wiped away. Every harsh word, every nasty thought, every bit of greed and pride in your heart taken away, that's a really big claim to make. And when Rihanna does the ice bath challenge, she's making a statement too. It's a public statement. She's invited you to witness it. It's a bold statement. 
because she is going to stand up in front of all of you and tell you that she belongs to the God who made the universe. That she has been adopted into his family. That's an outrageous claim. She's going to tell you that she is 100% confident that she is going to live forever with God. That's a, that's a huge claim to make. And friends, the reason we can make these claims, the reason we can know that our sins are forgiven, the reason Rihanna can know that she belongs to God is because of the words that Jesus speaks in verse 3 of John chapter 3. He says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see the kingdom of God. No one can get to heaven. No one can ever truly live unless they are born again. But what does that mean? I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. It probably conjures up thoughts of a particular kind of Christian. You know, there's Christians and then there's born-agains. And it may not necessarily be a positive connotation, it may be. But you might hear that word and think of a sort of fundamentalist, ultra-conservative kind of Christian, probably from the American South. For some of you, it might make you think of people who have had a really dramatic conversion experience. But Jesus actually says something quite different. We have all these thoughts about what it means to be born again. Jesus has a very clear idea. Because he says there are no Christians who are not born again. He says, unless you are born again, then he is not your king. And so this morning in John 3, I want to show you three things about being born again. First, why you need it. Second, how you get it. And third, how you know you have it. Why you need it, how you get it, how you know you have it. But we see all of this in a conversation that Jesus has with a man named Nicodemus. We meet him there in verse 1. We're told he's a Pharisee, which means he is an ultra-conservative, fundamentalist sort of Jew. Pharisees were the most serious religious people you would ever meet. When the Jewish law told them that they needed to give 10% of everything that they earned, the Pharisees were the kind of guys that went through the herb garden and literally chopped off 10% of the mint and 10% of the parsley and 10% of the basil. They were very religious. But he's not just a Pharisee, he's also a Jewish ruler. It says he was on the Jewish council. Down in verse 10, Jesus calls him Israel's teacher. You see, he is not just a very religious guy, he is an esteemed religious guy. He is the ultimate religious guy. He teaches Jews how to be Jews. He's the guy that people look up to. Dads wanted their daughters to marry Nicodemus. People bowed to him as he walked down the street. If Barbie were Jewish, Nicodemus would be the Ken doll. You get what I'm saying? He is the total religious package. I love that that photo exists. But when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, do you see what Jesus says to him? When Nicodemus, the ultimate religious guy, stands before Jesus, Jesus says it's not enough. You are very religious, but it is not enough. You are not good enough for God. And just imagine what Nicodemus is thinking about that. What is Jesus talking about? Doesn't he know who I am? 
If I'm not good enough, who is? And that's exactly the point Jesus is trying to make. Even Nicodemus, religious guru, even he cannot earn a place in God's kingdom. Even he is not good enough. And no amount of religious law-keeping will change that. No amount of Bible study will make a difference to that. No amount of church attended or money given or communion taken, not even being baptised, will make you right before God. If you want to be right before God, if you want to see his kingdom, if you want to live with Jesus as your king, Jesus says you must be born Again, And he says it three times, verse 3, verse 5, verse 7, you must be born again. And friends, if it's true for Nicodemus, who just oozes godliness, how much more must it be true for people like you and me? Have you ever noticed the real estate ads for houses that need a bit of work? And the ad will say, it needs some TLC, or it has potential. It's just a bit of a fixer-upper. Or maybe it's a, it's a renovator's delight. <laughs> you know, quite often we actually think of ourselves in the same sort of category. When we consider what God thinks of us, well, I know I'm not perfect, but I've got potential. I'm just a bit of a fixer-upper. I know I need to get better at. I, just, I know I need to stop doing... And when we're saying that, what we're really saying is, I can deal with my sin myself. We're saying, I can fix this. But do you see what Jesus says? You can't fix your sin. It's not a matter of trying harder or doing more. Because friends, you're not a fixer-upper. You're a knockdown and rebuild. You, You won't please God by working at your life. You need a new one. A new life. You need to start again. You need to be born again. And so friends, hear me. Whether you're a Christian this morning or not, whether you're not sure about where you're at with Jesus, all of us need to hear this this morning. There is only one solution to the problem of our sin. It's not religion. It's not going to church. It's definitely not trying harder. There is only one solution. You must be born again. Our sin means we need it, but how do we get it? How do we become born again? Really, it's the wrong question, because in one sense, we can't do anything to get it. You you see how stupid the question is, right? When you try and ask a baby how it got born. What What did you do to bring yourself into the world? Have a think about it. I'll tell you what you did, and your mum will back me up. Nothing. You did nothing. You were a passenger. It just happened to you. And just as you were completely powerless to birth yourself into this world, you are completely powerless to get born again. It's not up to you because it's not something that you do. It's something that is done to you and for you. Now, in John 3, Nicodemus thinks it's something that he has to do. Jesus tells him he must be born again, and straight away he starts thinking, I I wonder... Wait, you're not telling me I need to go into my mother's womb again, are you? He's confused, because earning 
God's favour, earning his place in God's kingdom is the only category that Nicodemus has. It's the only way he knows how to think about being God's people. But you can't earn it. The only way to get it is to receive it. It's a gift. It's the Holy Spirit, God himself, who gives us this second birth. We see that in verse 6. Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh. You know, humans give birth to humans. But it's the Spirit, God's Spirit, who gives birth to Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who can make you born again. It's the Holy Spirit who can give you new life. And he does it through Jesus' work on the cross. Down in verse 14, Jesus says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness... It's a reference back to Exodus where uh, God provided healing uh, from his judgment. He provided a way out of his judgment through a serpent that Moses had to hold up and they had to look at it. But Jesus says, just as Moses held up the serpent in the wilderness, the son of man, he's talking about himself, must be lifted up on the cross that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Now, do you see? You can't get it. You can't earn it. You have to receive it. It's a gift. And friends, that's exactly what Rihanna's going to do in just a moment. She's not, she's not doing something out there. She's receiving something. She's taking hold of promises that God makes to all of us of free and full forgiveness in Jesus. She's not earning it. In fact, quite the opposite. She's, she's publicly declaring that she can't earn it. She's, she's getting up in front of you to say, I can't do anything to become right before God, except for what he has done for me. Our sin means we need to be born again. The grace of God means we can be born again. But quickly and just lastly, how, how do you know you've got it? How do you know if you are born again? What does it look like? Will born again Christians continue to sin? Yes. Will they still face temptation? Yes. Will you still struggle in lots of ways? Yes. You're not going to see a magical change in Rihanna this afternoon. How do you know you've been born again? How do you know that your life has been given this fresh start that Jesus speaks of here? Well, the first sign is that, that you believe. Faith in Jesus itself is the work of the Holy Spirit. Because unless the Spirit is at work in your heart, you won't believe. You can't believe. You need the Holy Spirit to actually open your eyes and see the sin that is in your life. To see that Jesus is the only way that you can be forgiven. You need the Spirit to believe. And so trusting in Jesus is the first sign that you have been born again. But the second sign is that your life will now look different. You'll have a new direction, a new purpose, a new meaning in life. When you're born again, you actually find yourself living for something else. We sang it in that last song, The things of earth I leave behind to live in worship of my King. You find yourself wanting to please Him. You find yourself loving what He loves and hating what He hates. 
Friends, when you're born again, you'll have a new authority in your life. You'll stop seeing the world based on what your friends say or based on what your parents say or based on what society around us says. You'll start to see the world by what God says. He will be the authority in your life. You'll want to obey him and you'll see that as a good thing, not as an oppressive thing. Friends, when you're born again, your life has a whole new direction. A direction that's still influenced by sin, that's still tempted by sin, but with a new purpose, a new desire, a new motivation. You'll have a fresh start, a new life. And friends, you'll get to enjoy it forever. And so my question for you this morning is, have you been born again? Have you taken hold of this offer that Jesus makes to you to have a fresh start in life?